you know I won't be shy about what I think about direct service, people-centered charities. I think they're amazing. (laughs) They're grassroots, they're small but mighty, and they do so many things face-to-face to change the trajectory of people's lives. Well, that's exactly what Emerge Mothers Academy is, right? But you know what is even better than one awesome direct service charity? How about several all under one roof? We're so excited for our 2020 initiative to jump in to one collaborative building with several other charities that are providing life-changing skills, community support, cooking classes, fair-for-all food, recovery services, job placement services, drop-in childcare. I mean, come on, talk about solving so many community issues all in one building. Oh, you guys, we're just absolutely excited to change the narrative of so many charities in the past that operate as silos and turn us into a multi-sector collaborative building, serving and addressing the needs of so many people, so many different people groups, and so many different needs all in one place. Holy smokes! If you're not excited about that like I am, I'm not sure what will jazz you up. What we need is our $10,000 deposit to be a part of this, which means we really need support right now to make this happen. We know how much you care about the community. We know how much you care about people who are sometimes on the margins. We know that you understand people sometimes end up on the margins for no reason of their own. But choice always trumps circumstance, and these people are choosing to walk in to get help. And so we need you to choose right now to help us reach our $10,000 fundraising goal. Be a part of this. This is something that you can truly affect with your time and with your money. You can make change. You can be a part of it. You are changing the trajectory of people's lives. Head over to EmergeTwinCities.org slash donate right now and be a part of this. Let's do it together. These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. Where in the midst of adversity, we see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey all, today you will enjoy hearing this interview I had with Lonnie Bassa who is the owner of the Business Women's Circle, BWC. Maybe you've heard of it. It supports a lot of women in business and entrepreneurs through peer circles around the Twin Cities. Enjoy this interview with this very down-to-earth, sweet, but powerhouse woman. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the To Emerge podcast. I'm very excited to introduce you to a reader, a learner, a mom of two, and married to her high school sweetheart still. Twin Cities boss, Lonnie Bassa. Hey, lady. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. It's good. so fun. We've crossed paths a million times at Modern Well. Yes. You're always interviewing someone about BWC, and mm-hmm. I'm always running around with my hair on fire. So, <laughs> so good to finally sit in a room and just learn so much about you and your story and your corporate growth and then your big pivot. Mm, yeah. Well, it's fun to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Will you share um, about the beginning of your life and what led you even into retail and then 
your career change? Yeah. So the beginning of my life, if you really want to get to that, is um, my father was in the Air Force. So I actually spent um, a good portion of the beginning of my life up through college traveling. Um, so about every two years, give or take, we'd move. Um, so we were in the states, um, number of different states, Texas, Illinois, California, gosh, I can't even remember, Ohio. Um, and then um, overseas, we were in Germany, the Philippines, Thailand, uh, England, so several different places. And then my dad actually got out and actually even went to Saudi Arabia. So I was spending wow. Christmases in Saudi Arabia. So um, well traveled. Yeah, yeah. So lots of traveling um, all the way through, like I said, college. Went to college in Columbia, Missouri, Stevens College, Women's College, because I thought my dad was going to get stationed in Illinois and it mm. was just going to be like a two hour ride home. And I was totally wrong. He got stationed in California. So, um, <laughs> but it was a great experience on many different levels for me and being challenged in a very different way. No men in the classroom makes a really interesting um, experience in terms of debate and, you know, learning your own voice. So that was pretty fascinating. But then from there, um, I had actually done an internship in New York between my junior and uh, senior in college years. I had great plans when I graduated. I actually had a job offer from two advertising agencies was going to go into marketing Lots of crazy things led to it, but I came back. My parents were still in Saudi Arabia, so when they would come back to the States, they had to be here for a month to repatriate. They came back when I graduated to do that month, and we all came up here to Minnesota because I had an uncle who lived actually in Buffalo, between Buffalo and Monticello. Yeah. Um, and we went to stay there, and um, my brother was living here, going to school at St. Cloud State. My boyfriend, now my husband, was living in Nebraska going to school. And uh, so I remember the day that we got the phone call from New York. Um, I was out tending a horse that I bought that I was going to sell on. That was my summer project. I don't know what I was thinking. I ran to get the phone. And then I remember very calmly turning the job offer down um, and sort of um, making some beautiful excuse about, you know, if I decide to come back to New York, I will certainly, you know, apply to your organization because I enjoyed it, blah, blah, blah. Sort of in that instance, making the decision I wanted to stay here. And and so thus began, you know, uh, living in Minnesota. My brother and I ended up getting an apartment together. Um, It was only a six hour drive then for my then boyfriend to come up and visit um, and explored the retail world. Mm. Um, So what had happened was I decided, well, I didn't know the job market here for marketing and advertising and decided, well, if I was going to figure out what that looked like and apply for the right job and the right company, I better research it. But meanwhile, I better get a job because I didn't want my parents paying for everything. And uh, so I applied at Deaton's Ridgedale as what they called a merchandiser at the time. So I was responsible for unpacking the clothes, hanging them, rearranging the floor, marking them down, you name it. It was that kind of job. But it was a great job because I could come in and work from seven to four. Mm -hmm. um, And if I didn't take a lunch, I could leave at three and go do interviews. So that was the plan. So illegal. Come on. Right? I know. That was the plan. Um, (laughs) And uh, ended up... uh, going into a training class for um, management trainees that I had actually been offered when I first interviewed at uh, Dayton's. They were like, you should interview for this. And I'm like, oh, no, no, because again, I wasn't going to be in retail. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, 
here I am going into the management training class that I was originally offered anyways. And thus, you know, it started uh, a total of 22 years between Dayton's and Target and started my retail career. Right. That's crazy. (laughs) And so Target, before you did BWC, what was your last position with Target Corporation? Yeah. So my last position was as the director for HR operations. Mm -hmm. And so that role was, I had done a lot of work with the e-learning and the setup of the Max HR Max system for Target. See y'all, she was my boss. <laughs> See? <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. Somewhere there was some the direct, mix. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, after all that work with systems and IT work and all of that, they deemed me sort of the techie HR person, I guess, and uh, ended up going over to set up HR operations. So um, that was creating something from nothing. We had a few mm-hmm. little departments throughout the organization that did HR support work and bringing them together with a great team of other directors to create that whole division. And so it was great. I got to work on a five-year technology plan and get that budget approved. We got to do a lot of research around that and what it looked like. I got to set up an uh, HR analytics department in India. So that was a great experience and many other things along that line. So that, yeah, that was my last role at Target. Crazy. Yeah. So here you are, lifestyle director, you made almost a, a title and name for yourself and you're like, huh, I'm not really sure that my heart pounds the same way for this anymore. Yeah. I mean, how do you make that kind of a radical decision? It was not easy. The cushy life. Yeah, it was not easy. Um, there were many things about it. Obviously, to your point, it was a cushy life, you know, um, and and that was you know, big thing, because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I had to think about what that meant to my family income wise, and what that would look like. We just bought the house. Um, Literally, I think it was July, we moved in the last weekend of June of 2009. And then I made the decision October to leave October of that year. Funnily enough, side side thing, my husband was working um, at the time he had taken a break from his very high tech job and was doing, I think it was year two of doing um, installation of security systems and Mm. entertainment systems and all of these really cool things because he also likes working with his hands. And uh, the very week that um, I had made my announcement and was packing up my office, he comes home because this is the, you know, big slump. What is it? Recession. Um, And uh, he came to me that Thursday And Friday was the day I was packing up my, you know, leaving and says, uh, they have no more work for me. (laughs) So all of a sudden I was like, what did I just do? You know, in the end it all worked out. But realistically, what I realized was it was no longer the company I'd grown up in. I was very much kind of um, the word I think I discovered after I left was intrapreneur. Mm. So there was a problem. There was an issue. They wanted to move a team. They wanted to start something else. I usually was one of those people that got considered for those jobs. And I loved it. I loved the ability to do that and see what we could make of something. And I hit that point where, again, I didn't want to go up. Well, not many people truly retire from Target. And so I I probably wasn't going to be able to sit at that director level for another 20 whatever years. And so it was that decision was, you know, difficult. But, you know, when we were no longer that organization I grew up in, it it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as thrilling. It wasn't as exciting. And knowing that I wasn't going to be moving from where I was anytime soon, um, you know, became that realization that, well, I can either continue and just just do it right and not necessarily have a good time doing it um or I could start searching for something else 
the encouragement from my family was pretty amazing. They were mm. like, if this is what you want to try and do, this is a good time to do it. We're all here. We're all able to do this. We're all able to support you. Um, let's let's do it if that's what you want to do. Cool. Yeah. It was really pretty amazing. And my husband was fantastic about it. Um, by the way, he did like the very next week, almost get his job back at his engineering firm. So we were good. Um, but, you know. There was a six-day scare. Exactly. There was. <laughs> oh, I know. You're like hanging on a cusp. Exactly. I get it. Like, yeah. Oof. Yeah, exactly. So it all, that all ended up working out. But yeah, that's, you know, that it was, it wasn't easy. But, yeah. you know, I had that support and that ability to do that, which I realize not everybody does. But, right. yeah. So had you explored yourself enough in this entrepreneur type and your family support being like, well, you know what you're good at and you know what you want to do. And it all steered you to like BWC or <laughs> like, how does it even... Did you do a different job in between for yeah. a while? Wow. So this is not how I recommend it to people. Um. <laughs> Unless you love thrill. Exactly. It was one of those things where I had no clue what I was going to do. Trial by and fire. yeah, it really was. And so I, I left um, and I was going to give myself, I left in October, I was going to give myself this wonderful Christmas and then I was going to get busy. Uh, it's funny, I got busy right away because part of it was just meeting people, exploring things. I explored things like being a, you know, one of those people come in and organize your closets in your kitchen. Sure. I explored coaching. I explored consulting. I explored, I explored so many different interesting things. At the same time, I had reached out to a really good friend who I had been a client of when I was doing diversity mm. training at Tar at Marshall Fields or Dayton's and um, had been her client then. And she was like the only entrepreneur I knew. Because one of the things that I, I didn't do really well when I was at Target is internally, I had a great network. You asked me who to call, I could, I could connect you with someone, not a problem. Um, even if it was like real estate, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and here I was in HR. Right. Um, Externally? Nothing. No, because that was your whole life. Yes. Same. Yeah. I'm doing... You're same. Yeah. I'm saming yeah. over here. Yeah. My friends, my mentors, my, you know, advisors, all those people were at Target. And then all of a sudden you, you know, wake up one day, you're not at Target anymore and you're like, who do I call? So luckily I called Myrna Morofsky, Um, again, great, great person, kind of the only entrepreneur I knew and said, hey, let's have lunch. Um, we'd kept in touch over the years. And, you know, she was always my backup plan when she owned her diversity consulting firm. I was like, yeah. if I ever don't work at Target, I'll go work for Myrna. And ended up, um, anyways, being able to work with her in creating the BWC. And it was really, I think, for her, she had an idea and wanted to see it come to life. And I happened to sort of come to her at about the right time. Amazing. Um, and so we started it together. But and yeah. she kept doing her other consulting then? Yeah. So she was doing consulting, chairing WPO chapters. Um, she was working, coaching women business owners. And that's what led me, you know, I was listening to the stuff she was doing and thinking, yeah. oh, so cool. And I said to her, I'd love to be your apprentice. And she kind of laughed at me. was like, you don't need me. You're talented. You're going to figure this out. And inside, I was just like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And then she calls me the next morning and says, hey, got an idea. Want to do it? And that's how it all started. Oh, my goodness. I have, like, goosebumps all over. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. The true entrepreneur story, right? Yeah. Like, a couple of people have an idea. It burns overnight. And then you, like, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about BWC now. Like, where does it sit now in 2019? And yeah. what does it look like? Yeah. So we've been in place for 10 years now. 
what started again as an idea. And when we started, we were going to do one circle for one year to see if we even liked it. That was kind of a Oh, laugh. yeah. You're trained how to pilot things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we did an informational and we had standing room only. And we were both kind of like, oh, when, you know, moments before the doors opened, we were like, well, if somebody comes, they'll have really good food, you know, because we were like, <laughs> maybe no one will show up. But we were very surprised by that. But today we're at 16 circles. We not only serve women business owners, but we also serve women professionals. So they don't own an organization, but they want a different kind of development experience um, with the support of other women from other organizations. So they don't get like you and I and so insular and target. Um, You know, uh, that was kind of thrilling to be able to offer that kind of thing. In fact, we even this October started a circle for young professionals. So their first job out of college. Wow. Um, And it's really cool to see. Yeah. um, And to be able to offer women of that age tools and ideas in different ways of, you know, navigating their career that you and I didn't have, you know, when we were at Target. Wasn't even a thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at this millennial generation or even the ones coming, the Gen Z coming out of college, they're already ready to network. Yeah. And for us, it's like, what? Yeah. Most of us didn't even see our mothers work. Right. So then for us to become the first working generation, we again, stayed insulated in our own. There was no such thing as networking. Now you have all these graduates coming out already ready to network. Yeah. Yeah. The culture shift is so different. It is. And it's, it was amazing because the idea for the circle came from a young woman Mm. who approached me and said, I love what you're doing. Do you do this at all for For people in their first job? And I'm like, I don't, but I could. Um, so we did. Right, right. <laughs> Anything can scale if yeah. you can duplicate it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But it was cool because, yeah, it came from from her, yeah. not her mom, not, you know, it was her saying, hey, I want something different and I want to take control of my own development. Yeah. Can you help me do that? Right. So, yeah. And where are the groups meeting? So we have the majority of the meeting at Modern Well. Um, which has been great. Julie Burton has been fabulous and we have a great partnership in being able to do that. And I have a great storage closet, which I love. And then um, we have a couple in other spaces throughout the Twin Cities. Sometimes it's one of our members who offers space and we're able to use it. And I'm a co-working junkie. So I also have a couple of memberships in some other spaces where we have a circle or two, Mm -hmm. just because geographically, if we can spread it out, because not everybody lives, you know, inner city or right here. So yeah, we can do that too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this, does it exist in other states or is the goal to like somehow become so domestic across the U.S. That there's like thousands of chapters? Yeah, it doesn't yet outside of the Twin Cities, but my goal is to make that happen. Right. And so actually it's on my goals for next year. So is to right. start moving outside Hudson, of the city. come on. Yeah, the exactly, first right? easy step. Yeah. Hudson. Hudson, yeah. <laughs> so, so you never know. You never know. But yeah, our, my goal would be to figure out the best way to help this happen in other cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a need. You even think about this college student. Like if you approach a, a campus and say, this is a known model. It works. It's proven. You have a cohort that will pilot the idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the things we are trained to do. Exactly. <laughs> Are there any other goals for 2020 that you are able to share or things that people could look for on the horizon? Yeah. So I think we are going to do a couple of different things. We're going to start a circle for digital platform. So people who make their revenue through the digital world, um, you know, an algorithm can change your revenue overnight kind of thing. So that circle is going to start in January. We're hoping to start a circle for um, our professional circles. We had some women who were promoted up into president roles. And then all of a sudden they were like, do you have a circle for us? And I'm like, oh. 
Oh, right. Um, the okay. CEO roundtable. Yeah. Well, so we're working on getting something along that line started. And then again, always open to new and different ways of mm. uh, doing circles and thinking about it. Um, we actually had somebody ask who lives in the Twin Cities, but is traveling so much and works in client um, offices out of state that being in a circle would be really difficult. She's like, but if you could do a virtual circle that meets from five to seven, I could do that. And I'm like, we'll put it out there and see if we can, you know, create that. We'll create that and we'll try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see kind of where those go. And then we're going to do some new things. Um, We're working on development. We created a couple of, um, what's it been a year ago now, course for financial development for women to better understand their numbers as a business owner Mm -hmm. and how to use it to make decisions and things to set up to make you very aware of what you can and can't do, cash flow budgets, all those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, that coursework has been great. It was actually picked up by Women Venture and they use it as part of their training program. And so we'll be continuing to offer that internally, but we're also working on one for marketing strategy. We're going to work on one for operations and also um, a couple of other pieces and probably a HR side as well. So we're going to be a little heavier in development this coming year so that we can have those courses available. And then we're working on some big things for the annual forum, our big um, sort of annual conference, if you will, that happens in July. So yeah, Yeah, it was at machine shop, machine shop. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I don't know if we'll be there again. We'll see um, this year where you've been growing every year and selling out. And so now my big question is how big is too big? Because I still want a certain kind of experience Mm -hmm. for people and don't want to have to go to the convention center model. Right. So um, that's the big question for this year too. Yeah. That's awesome. We use women venture too. So the entrepreneur part of Emerge that uh, funds women's businesses. Yeah. We also pay for their classes at Women Venture. Oh, and fabulous. so I'm sure they're using the things yeah. that you've developed, which is so cool. There's so much overlay. Yeah. Yeah. That's we work awesome. with them quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We do too. Just a great partner. Mm-hmm. Can you take us into, you know, a, a rock bottom day as an entrepreneur, maybe with your partner to 10 years ago where there were so many roadblocks or just so many no's and you're like, Ugh, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, so if I could, if I were looking at that, I'd probably look back at the year of 2012. And what was happening that year were a couple different things. One, what I realize is about every three years in the world of BWC, you know, we are, we evolve. And that's mm-hmm. because, you know, we get more members or we realize there's a better way to do something or look at, because a lot of our work is also about the curation of groups. Right. And, and people come and go. Um, members probably on average stay about three years. And I have some that have stayed with me all 10. But again, you can't count on that. And so as people leave or move in, the group changes. Mm-hmm. So 2012, we had to do a shift. And I became, I think at that point, the only facilitator, because we consolidated the groups down, we reshifted some things, and it was really the right thing to do. Right. But we were going through all of that. Additionally, my mom was, um, Mother's Day was not feeling very well. Um, in fact, was feeling very, very bad. My father took her into the VA. She, she, my mother was also in the Air Force. That's how my parents met. Um, and, um, and they came to her that evening and said, why haven't you done anything about your cancer? Which we had no knowledge of. Oh, my of. goodness. So it was stage four liver cancer. And she passed away about six weeks later. Um, it was that fast. She just um, didn't know up until the one bad know. day. Yeah, didn't know. Oh, she's tough cookie yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. You, you got tough stock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, that's part of also something I'm always like, listen to your body because there 
I think there was something wrong before, but she was dismissing it, you know, and always cared for everybody else first before herself, which we tend to do as women, right? So, you know, listen to your body. I think that's important. Um, So I lost my mom fairly quickly there. We had, uh, I can't remember if that was the year that I had my face hit with ice. I mean, there were so many things that had happened that year. Um, And why is it? It rains, it pours. Yeah, it does, you know. And so what happened then was, so in a down slump personally um, with my mom passing and trying to kind of get ready for the new normal and understand we were going through changes in the BWC. It was probably a low income year for me because of all the things that had gone on. I I was also doing some consulting, so not as much was coming in at that time. And it was the fall and I was contacted by a recruiter to interview for a VP of training and development for an organization. And with everything going on and just the toughness of things and and everything, I thought, you know, maybe I should just go back to a corporate job. Maybe I should just um, go ahead and, uh, you know, it would be easier for everybody. We um, could just have the money. We could have the health care. We had health care through my husband, but just, you know, things would be better. And I decided to go ahead and interview. Mm -hmm. Now, in my head, remember when I left Target, I had given myself a two-year window and said, you have two years to figure out what you're going to be when you grow up. Otherwise, you have to go back to a corporate job. So this was actually year three, but in my head, it was still there, this two-year thing, right? And I thought, well, you know, maybe now it's the time to go back to corporate. And I had really hard conversations with both my mentor, who was my boss at Target when I was in training development with Myrna. And she's like, well, you've got to do what you've got to do. And if you decide you need to do this, we'll figure out what to do with the BWC. You know, there were so many, because I was the only facilitator at the time, there were so many things like that going on. And so I went to interview. And I don't know what the heck I was thinking. But I thought when I walked off the elevators, you know, and the doors would open, there would be kind of this, ah, right, right. no or not no. Right. Yeah. There wasn't. Um, And as I interviewed, it's like every interview got worse. Not so much in me interviewing or the people interviewing me, but the realization that it was like, I left this. I didn't want this anymore. And why am I interviewing? And, And walking out of there was a huge turning point because I think I'd been the lowest of the low and thought, well, I can always just go back to rote, right? Just do day in, day out, do this kind of work. It's no big deal. Um, But then interviewing made me realize, no, I left all of this for a reason. And walking out of there and then calling the recruiter and saying, wonderful company, great stuff. Not me. Um, And she was like, wait, what? You know, um, but in the end, it wasn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't who I'd become. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of that moment where I was, where I sort of that two-year thing, you know, I can always go back to corporate, went totally out the window. And I totally recommitted. Right. Um, Like there is no backup plan. There's no backup plan. This has to work. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and I was running for um, city council office at the same time. Yes. When, you know, you also just kind of pull it on, right? You just you know. bring it all on. I'm, you know. I am not going through hard enough stuff as it is. We'll just add more on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Put more on my plate. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was, it, it, that was a huge turning point for me. And Did and you win city that. council? I did. <laughs> <laughs> See? So, yeah, I did. And then, um, you know, went into some really great client relationships that I still have today and some other great things that started to happen. But I think, you know, recommitting to being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. to living that life, that really was a huge turning point for me. Right. Yeah. Right. It took an elevator opening to be like, what? 
am I doing? Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. So where can people find out about joining Business Women's Circle or the next thing you're up to? You can find out on our website, thebwc.org. Um, we've got lots of information on there and I'm always meeting people. That's part of what we do is to meet face-to-face if we can with uh, somebody who's interested. Next big thing um, will be sort of, you know, um, stay tuned. We've got some things coming up that we'll be announcing, particularly around the forum and what else is coming. So Awesome. Yeah. Great. So good to have you. Thank you, Lonnie. And then um, for anyone looking for BWC, you can always come to Modern Well. You'll find them everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. The To Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. 